What is up, guys? It's the Blue Bloods here coming at y'all to wrap up your week Friday, June 18th. And I've been promising all week we were going to end the week with some recruiting. Big commitments. One of the biggest programs of the country. We got to break it down here about what their future is. And, of course, I'm talking about the USC Trojans out there in L.A. Um, go check out all our previous two-minute episodes from this week, especially yesterday's episode, the Arizona State scandal, wild. Um, a few other updates have come along where now they're being accused of paying players too. So just a, a whole heap of trouble down in uh, Tiffany, uh, Arizona. I mean, it's it's not looking good for Herm Edwards right now. So we'll bring all an update as soon as, you know, more details are released on that. We also had our top 10 HBCU players. We have a lot going on this week, so make sure to check that out. SEC in 30 days kicking back off on Monday with Georgia. We got Palmer Toms from Dogs 247 Sports. Man, I'm so pumped to have him on the show. So make sure to check that out. But let's get right into it, man. Man, Brandon, USC has been on an absolute tear as of late on the recruiting trail. They get a five-star commitment, Michael Williams, out of Georgia, Brandon, of all places. They said, listen, if y'all going to come over here to California and take our players, we're coming back to the East Coast to get y'all's um, – he talked with Steve uh, Whitfong of 247 Sports, and he said, quote, I just feel like it was the right moment. I've already visited. I don't know how – I don't know how many other schools I saw all that I needed to see. And I feel like this is my moment. And I know for sure this is where I want to be at and where I want to go. Um, I mean, this is anytime you land a five-star recruit, Brandon, it's big, especially on the D line, especially following Corey Foreman, the number one player in the country last year, which they landed. And so that's two five-star linemen. They're still, in the running for another five-star lineman who has yet to commit that we covered a few weeks ago on the podcast, who's actually just took his official visit to USC. So we can talk about three five-stars, Brandon. And on top of that, in this class, Brandon, they already have a commitment from Domani Jackson out of Mater D out there in Santa Ana. And he's the number modern day, whatever. Uh, Damani Jackson, he's the fourth pl- fourth ranked player in the country, Brandon, number one corner, and he's a five star too. So I mean, this defense, Brandon, USC hasn't you know put out the best defense in the country, but man, you're talking about that defensive line could have three five stars. They got a five star shutdown corner for you. How big of a commitment is this for USC? It's huge, man. But okay, so. The first thing I thought about was, like, what is happening at USC suddenly? And you know what I think it is? I think they finally got to the point where their team is bouncing back just enough to where this spot's super appealing for all these recruits. I mean, Damani Jackson wasn't a super big surprise. He's already out there in Santa Ana um, at modern day. So, like, he's staying close to home. Same deal with Corey Foreman. I mean, just staying close to home. But now they're starting to recruit from across the country. And what's the appeal of USC, Zach? I mean, they're great. They have got all these recruits. They have a quarterback who is deemed one of the best in the country returning this year. And guess what? They're they're on the West Coast. They're in Los Angeles, or they're close enough to the city of Los Angeles that you're out there with everybody. You have all you have the big media coverage. You have 
I mean, it, it's L.A. What, what, what don't you have? I mean, it's this big city that everyone wants to go to. And, I mean, how is that not a recruiting tactic? You know, this is a team that we were talking about, Clay Helton, being fired when we started this podcast. Like, we were talking about him on the hot seat. The, the, like, I think on, like, our first couple of episodes, we're like, yeah, he's probably on the hot seat. But he turned it around right then. I mean, this team has a lot of appeal. If I'm a high school recruit right now, if I'm a five-star recruit, in any class coming up, I'm looking at USC. I'm not saying that's my final destination, but they're probably going to be in my top five just because it's USC. You know, it's a storied team. It's in Los Angeles, and they're building up a team of, like, really good players. So why wouldn't you want to go out there and play? I mean, and, Brandon, we've seen it happen with Georgia when Kirby Smart got there, Oregon now with Mario Cristobal. All it takes is one. Yeah. Once once they landed Corey Foreman, it seems like that was kind of like the breakthrough moment for USC. And, Brandon, I'm looking at, uh, you know, Mikael Williams. Last year, Brandon, 69 tackles and 17 sacks in 11 games. Right. The kid's a playmaker. He's a pass rusher. He's a stand-up guy off the edge. Uh, but they made Georgia's 4A state playoffs, which, let's be honest, Georgia's high school – like the the high school talent in Georgia is so underrated in my opinion. People always want to point to Texas and Florida and California. Man, I might put Georgia number one right there behind maybe Texas in terms of pure high school talent. We've seen the type of talent that comes out of there, but for them to reach into Georgia is huge. Them to get a need going into a few going into next year is huge. And I think this could help them. Um, in the recruitment of, I, I'm blanking on his name right now. I need to. I'm about to look it up. But the five star who hasn't committed from last class, who just took an official visit there, that's going to help him in that recruitment. I mean, Brandon Clay Helton, you've mentioned was on the hot seat. He gets to the Pac-12 championship this year. Yes, they lose to Oregon. I get it. But for you, I mean, what would you what would you rate his hot seat right now? Clay Helton, he's nowhere close to a hot seat. What, what do we mean? This dude's job is pretty secure. I think the only way he loses this job is if USC has a losing season this year. I mean, that's not going to happen. But not in the Pac-12. Not as long as USC is playing the Pac-12 with Keaton Slovis, with all these playmakers. I mean, Corey Foreman's going to be on the field this fall. So, like, they've got. I mean, they've got a team, you know. And, and you know, their defense hasn't always been the strongest these past couple of years. You know, they're. It's mostly been the wide receiving core and Keaton Slowis getting the job done. But now it's starting to look like they're building up this defense. Uh, they're adding a couple of crucial pieces uh, all across the board. So USC, I think, legitimately has a chance to win the Pac-12 this season. And if that's the case, then Clay Helton may never lose his job because that is what USC has been wanting ever since, like, what, 05? Man, it's been wanting for a while. But the recruit that I was talking about was JT Tua Malau out of – Washington, uh, he, he was visiting Washington, Ohio State, Oregon, USC, Alabama. It's going to be a tough recruitment. He's the number three player in the class from last year. So, right, if USC lands him, they land the two top-rated defensive linemen in the, last year's class, and now they land one of the top ones in this class. Um, I believe he's sixth in the country. So, um, But, Brandon, this brings me to my next question. So, with this recruitment, um, one of the two four seven guys said this eerily feels like the beginning of what it was like when Pete Carroll 
was building those dominating classes in at USC. So before we get to whether that's the case, let me ask you this. Is it feasible, is it even logical in today's college football for USC to be expected to build a wall around California? I, I don't know, man. That's, that's tough. I mean, yes, I think USC can control recruiting in California. I think that they can be like the driving force. But there's just so many teams out there. And there's so much talent in the state of California. I know you just mentioned Georgia is one of these big states for recruiting. California's up there. And, and like people really sleep on California because a ton of great recruits come out of there. And I think the reason we do that is because a lot of the great recruits that come out of California end up going to like IMG Academy. So I guess they come out of Florida, but they're coming out of California. I mean, realistically, I don't know if USC has a chance to just like lock it down because Oregon's always going to be there. You know, players are always going to go play for Oregon on the West Coast. Players are going to want to go play for Stanford on the West Coast. Players are going to want to go play for Washington on the West Coast. I mean, Arizona State, maybe not anymore, but in in the the past couple of seasons. Uh, But, I mean, there's all these teams that these players want to go play for. Maybe they want to go out east. Maybe they want to leave home. So I don't know if if USC can legitimately, like, lock down California. But that's the same as me saying Georgia can't lock down – or the University of Georgia can't lock down Georgia – the University of Florida can't lock down Florida. There's just too much talent in those states coming up for them to all go to one team. Yeah, and so for me, like, I agree with you because that's the thing. So, yes, they need to build – they need to have – so the way the way I would look at it is the analogy that needs to be said now is not build a wall around California, Brandon, but have a base in California where you can land – the t- three of the top five, two of the top five, something like that where you can keep some of the best of the best. You can't allow the whole top five to leave your state yeah. and go to Oregon, go to Alabama, go to Georgia. But also recruiting has become so national now, Brandon, that USC, rather than building a wall around Cal- California, needs to build bases across the country. And this is the first step. They went out to Columbus, Georgia, and landed – Landon Williams, they need to do that more often. I think that's how USC saves their recruiting is not necessarily spending all their time building a wall around California, but being strong in California, but also being able to recruit these kids from across the country. Because if Alabama is going to go recruit out in California and bring them in, why don't you go ahead and go to Alabama and get some of those players? If George is going to come across the country, Clemson, Go back to the East Coast and grab some kids because I don't want to hear the excuse of kids don't want to go that far away from home. Apparently they do because Alabama's dragging kids from all across the country into Tuscaloosa. Good God. Are, if, yeah. you, if you can get a kid out of California to go to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, then anything's possible. Like, why wouldn't a kid out of Columbus, Georgia, want to go live in L.A.? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to hear that excuse. Brady, I really think that's where Clay Helton's kind of fell off in terms of his recruiting. And where, where USC went astray is where they were spending too much time trying to keep recruiting like it was in 05. Brandon, if you took a, just a screenshot of recruiting in 05 versus recruiting in 2021 and you try to apply the same methods, you're never, never 
going to be competitive in today's world of recruiting using those same methods. And what I think happened is USC was just slow to evolve because they had so much success. You see the successful schools now, Brandon. Alabama was struggling around that time. They bring in Nick Saban, able to evolve as recruiting evolved. You look at Kirby Smart, a newer coach, able to evolve Georgia's recruiting from what Mark Rick was stuck in, using the same tactics over and over and over that consistently got them, you know, average recruiting classes in Dabo, a bit of youth, a bit of vision. They update the recruiting standards, and now look at what Clemson is. I think what happened was USC just got two – they said, we have the manual, but then we never updated the manual. It's like trying to use the DSM for mental disorders from like 1960-something, and you're putting someone in an insane asylum for being left-handed. Like, bro, we've updated it. You You have to keep up with the times, and it's the same thing with like adults with technology. Dude, you know our parents, like, and everyone listening knows, like, their grandparents. Like, it, you get your call from your grandmother. It's like, hey, I turned on my flashlight on my phone. I can't turn it off. It's like, yeah, you just got to hit the button. <laughs> like, it, it, it's not hard to text. It's not hard to do this. But they haven't updated that manual. And that's what I think – I would like to hear what your thoughts are about this. But I think that's that was really the downfall of USC, not that the destruction of the wall around California happened. I think you're right, Zach. I mean, I think they got too caught up in the past, and this is how you do it. You play it this way. And I think that a lot of schools are going to end up seeing this, in the, like not in the near future, but in upcoming seasons, they end up getting stuck in their ways. You know, Nick Saban's really good about not doing that. Nick Saban's really good about adapting, and that's why he's been dominant across two decades of football. You know, that's why he's won however many national championships. He's six at Alabama and one at LSU. That's why he's won – a national championship in three separate decades now because he can adapt. But I think we're going to see some coaches here in the future that can't. And I think that's been USC's problem. I mean, and for me, like looking at USC, I, I like, I feel like too much has been made about like the USC state. Like when I look at recruiting now, Brandon, every school could say they have the history. They have the brand. They have this or that. I mean, Brent, if you look right now, how many elite, historic college football brands are there in the country? There's a lot, man, because, I mean, even when we name this podcast the Blue Bloods, it's like, yeah, there are the Blue Bloods, but beyond that, what teams are still great? Uh, I mean, there, there's too many to count, but you have to think about what – I guess what I'm talking about when I say the brands there, USC is a Blue Blood. They are legitimately a college football Blue Blood. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, also now with the – NIL, like um, name, image, likeness coming down the pipeline. Brandon, how much does history really – like the kids don't like, – like, every school has history. LSU has history. Yeah. Auburn has history. Alabama has history. Miami has history. I mean, everybody has history. And I don't think – I don't think recruits, kids coming up nowadays are like, oh, yeah, I, I have to wear the Trojan – the Trojan helmet. Now, like it, it, anybody can pitch that to a kid, but Brent, if I asked you right now, which brand is more recognizable in terms of our generation and like just younger than us, because we're still pretty young, like, but in high school now coming up, what's more recognizable, USC or Clemson's brand? It's USC for sure. I don't for know about sure. that. 
And, and okay, if you're our age, it's USC. Come oh, on. If I, yeah, if they're our age, because we grew up with Reggie Bush and okay, but, but let's USC. Say we're talking. You and I are 24. Let's let's yeah. say that we're 15, 14 year old years old. It's Clemson because that's all. That's all yeah, okay. We that, that's where I was trying to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I know it kind of backfired, but it but, did a little bit. I get what you're saying. I mean, if so, if you're 10 years younger than us, and you're going, you're the ones that are in high school. You're the ones that are being recruited. All you've ever known is for Clemson to be dominant, for Alabama to be dominant. You don't know USC when they're dominant. You were born like in the last year that USC was dominant. So I get what you're saying. That makes a lot of sense. And, and I think that's the same thing going on with Texas right now. I would make an argument that since like 2011, Oklahoma is a much more recognizable brand than Texas. I would make an I would make an argument that. Georgia's a more recognizable brand than Texas. Ever, I mean, ever since Colt McCoy's injury in the <laughs> national championship game, I just so I know a lot of experts are probably going to disagree with me on that. Just saying that, like, oh, but it's still Texas. Oh, but it's still USC. But right now, I don't think it is. I think Clemson is the best example of just building up the brand and it's like riding the wave in terms of recruiting and. I just I think USC has to has to stop relying just on the Trojan, just on the brand, just on the the, the helmet. They have they have to be a national recruiting brand. They have to win, Brandon. And until they make the college football playoff, I, I don't know if it could be fully fixed. Because if they make the playoff and they get they get a semifinal game, or they make it like three years in a row and win the Pac-12. It's going to be different, but I mean, Brandon, there's a whole generation of kids who I think Oregon might be more recognizable than USC. That's a fact. I mean, you're not wrong. Oregon's been Oregon's been the best team in their conference in the Pac-12 since USC fell off since what? Since 2010, at like at the latest. So yeah, you're yeah. right. And uh, Brandon, I mean, as we end this episode off, I mean, it's great they got a five star. They're recruiting at a really strong pace. If Oregon and USC can keep kind of recruiting on that arc and turn it into on-the-field performance, we could be talking about a Pac-12 like renaissance out west if those two can have like a Georgia-Alabama type of rivalry where every year in the Pac-12 championship, Brandon, it's a top-five matchup, a top-ten matchup. You're seeing Kate. You're seeing Kayvon Thibodeau go up against Keaton Slovis, two five stars. You're seeing Corey Foreman go up against um, that. Who's the five, the four or five star they got? Ty Thompson at, out in Oregon. You're seeing stuff like that. And Brandon, you look at Oregon's defense; they got five stars everywhere. Yeah. And now USC is going to have five stars everywhere. I don't think we're too far off from that renaissance. And I mean, I think that's what's missing for the Pac-12. And if Brandon, if we can see this evolve a little bit further, I think the Pac-12 can be saved. Yeah, I did too. And talk about must-watch football, Zach. That's the game we have to make it out to if those two ever do have that renaissance that you're talking about. Hey, I think it's coming soon. I think Oregon, if Oregon keeps winning, and God forbid if they beat Ohio State, you want to talk about chaos out west? (laughs) Because people forget Washington is playing Michigan that same week, and I think they're probably going to beat Michigan, let's be honest. Yeah, I can see that. (laughs) <laughs> but guys comment below let us know what you think about uh michael williams committing to U- usc comment below and let us know what you think about usc's future in recruiting 
What do you think about the brand of USC? Everything that we talked about, man, comment below your your thoughts, your opinions. Make your voice heard here on the Blue Bloods. We love hearing y'all's opinion. We got to get better at sharing them because we've had some we've had some good opinions commented recently. So we'll have to like have an episode where we share it. We've got big things in the work, man. Again, I said it last episode. I know some people watch on and off. We appreciate y'all for subscribing, man. Over 300 subscribers. Me and Brandon are mind blown. We appreciate the support, man. We want to keep this thing going. I promise you, no one's doing it like us. Releasing all this off-season content, man, five days a week, Monday through Friday, the Blue Bloods here with the two-minute drill, along with exclusive interviews with some of the best minds in college football for almost every team in the country. Literally, there's no other channel you can go to and find content, regardless of any team you root for, and that's us, man. So we appreciate y'all. Make sure to tune in next week. We'll be back Monday with another two-minute drill episode, kicking it off with Palmer Toms in Georgia at our next SEC in 30 days. So make sure to tune into that. It'll be a great one. You don't want to miss it. But for B-Dub, myself, the two-minute drill, and the Blue Bloods, we are out. <laughs>